Welcome to this week's message from a new church. For more information, or if you'd like to contact us, please visit our website, newchurch.nz. Thanks for tuning in, and we hope you enjoy this message. Wellness and, and, and how to be healthy as people. Now, I've spoken to three different pastors over the last couple of weeks, and all three of them um, were burning out. And uh, we, we believe for bigger and better things for ministries and churches, and we want to change the world, but I never believe that that's at expense of our health and our well-being. See, a lot of us focus on success, um, and we um, don't think that health is a big deal, or we pursue success at the expense of health. And I was looking at some research about why people leave their, their jobs to go and find another job. And one of the biggest reasons um, is that simply they don't like the unhealthy atmosphere or the culture of that workplace. It doesn't matter if that, that workplace or that business is incredibly successful and growing uh, phenomenally, um, the, one of the number one reasons or the, the main reasons why people leave their employment is simply because that culture is unhealthy. See, I think we've got it all wrong if we pursue success at the expense of health. Whether it be our own private lives or our jobs or even churches, we are doing things wrong. Uh, we're living in a time, 2021, where um, we've got so much knowledge at our, at our fingertips and, and we've got everything, technology, we're so connected, and yet we are falling apart in the Western world. Um, we are the most medicated we've ever been, the most depressed we've ever been, the most sick we've pretty much ever been. Mentally, we're doing things wrong. So um, usually at the start of, of the year, um, and this has happened in most churches, uh, the senior pastor will get up and, and talk about um, a, a vision. This is the year's vision. It's called a vision cast. And, and we normally say, you know, this is what we're going to be doing, and this is what we're going to be uh, pursuing, and this is what we're going to be starting and um, this is this morning is going to be a bit of a vision cast but it's not going to be anything like that um, I'm not really going to be talking hardly at all about um, the endeavors we're going to be undertaking this year I really want to talk about health because if you're healthy you're going to grow naturally uh, last week, if you were here or listened to the podcast we've just got the best kitten in the whole universe his name is Stimpy um, and Stimpy doesn't have to grow, it doesn't have to stress out about growing. As long as he's being fed and he's healthy, he is going to grow, right? So we just need to focus on his health and not stress out about his growth because healthy, living things grow naturally. They just grow. And the church, although... We've got organized, we need to be organized. We're not an organization, we're a living organism. Why? Because we're made up of people. Church is people, church is living. And I think so often we stress out and burn out about growth and, and what we need to be doing and what we need to be succeeding in. And maybe we should be, instead of focusing on success, focus simply on health. Being a healthy church, being a healthy people instead of uh, trying to produce bigness let's just focus on producing big people because it is big people that will change the world not necessarily big organizations look at Jesus he only had 12 guys but they were big guys I'm not talking about physically they were big on the inside they had increased their capacity 
growing big people. So that's what I'm going to be talking about this morning, um, talking about being healthy as a church. What does that actually mean? When Christy and I were on sabbatical, I discovered um, quite an, an amazing thing in the world of mental health. Um, so back in 2010 in the UK, um, the, I don't know what the organization um, is over, over their Ministry of Mental Health, I'm not sure what it's called, but they commissioned a whole lot of people to undertake a, uh, a huge survey, pouring heaps of money and resources into discovering how to get mental wellness as human beings. And this is huge. Uh, people in the mental health field say that this is the most significant research that has, has happened ever in the field of mental health. And they boil it down to five keys. Five keys to wellness, they called it. And it was so successful and so revolutionary that a lot of Western nations have grabbed hold of that in the mental health sector and now are promoting it, um, just really utilizing it. And they're seeing people get well mentally. Um, Australia's big on this now. New Zealand, they've grabbed a hold of this and now they are uh, teaching this. Five keys to wellness. And this is what they are. Number one from the mentalhealth.org.nz site. Connect, me faka fanonga. Number two, give or help others. Takua, I hope my Maori pronunciation is, is okay. I've been practicing this. Number three, be aware or take notice. Me aro tunu. Number four, keep learning. Me akutunu. And five, get involved or be active. Me kori tunu. So connect, help others, be aware. Keep learning and get involved. Five keys to wellness that the world now is saying, this is what we need to do. These are the five keys. Uh, probably a lot of research, a lot of money, a lot of people, and they're saying these five simple things. Connect, help others, be aware, keep learning, and get involved. And this is what the church is. Those five keys are what we do in church and what we have been doing as, as church for 2,000 years. We should be at the forefront of wellness in the world. People should be looking at us. They should have come to us a long time ago and said, what are the keys to wellness? And we could have said, well, this is what we do. This is how Jesus made the church. And we could give it to you for free. And yet they spend a lot of money, probably millions of dollars. We could have used millions of dollars. Um, connect, help others. Be aware, keep learning, be active. These keys are active in every healthy church and the church should be at the forefront of wellness worldwide. How are we doing? Are we well? Are we healthy as individuals? Is there anything about our lives and our well-being um, and the way we think and the way we act that are any different from other people that don't know Jesus yet? There should be. We have the answer. His name is Jesus. So for a bit of a vision cast this year, and maybe a little bit of this is what we're going to be thinking on, just looking at those five simple keys to wellness as a church and really understanding how it works here because they're really powerful. Number one, connect. Remember, this is what the mental health sector is saying. You guys do these. These are the five biggest keys for mental wellness and, and, and well-being, number one, connect. You look at the first bullet point under this on the website, and it says this, become involved in groups. Connect, 
become involved in groups. A lot of money was spent figuring out that one line that we've known all along, become involved in groups. Why? Because they're understanding that, that we need connection as human beings. We understood this way back at the beginning when God said, it is not good for a man to be alone. We absolutely need to connect, but um, it's almost like we're in a weird situation now where you can think you're connected online, but you're not really connected at all. You're isolated from everyone everywhere. People are thinking that it's amazing to be an introvert and no, I don't need people and it's only just me time now and I need to look after my mental health. And We actually will die if we don't connect. In 1944 in the United States, now this is, these days, it's crazy to think that they used to do this, but this is what happened in 1944. An experiment was conducted in, on 40 newborn babies to determine whether they could thrive alone on, ba on their basic needs being met only without any connection. So they took 40 babies and they said, we're going to feed them and we're going to make sure they've got the basic necessities in life, but we're not going to uh, give them any affection. They are not going to have any other human connection. After four months, they, they stopped the experiment, after which time more than half of the babies had died. True story. They were given everything that they needed to live, minus connection. We will die without connection. It is so important. And we see this in the life of the early church. Acts 2, 42 to 47. I'm just going to grab a couple of phrases out of that. Every believer was faithfully devoted to following the teachings of the apostles. Their hearts were mutually linked to one another, sharing communion and coming together regularly for prayer. See, there's a lot of people as believers and say, no, nah, it's, it's me and God, and I don't have time for the church. I don't have time for anyone else. It doesn't work that way. Looking biblically, we need to be connected with each other. Verse 44, all the believers were in fellowship as one body. Verse 46, daily they met together in the temple courts and in one another's homes to celebrate communion. They shared meals together with joyful hearts. And then what happened as a result? The Lord added to their number daily those who were coming to life. We can't really connect on a Sunday morning. Uh, what we do here, it's not really church, it's a part of our church community. Uh, so we love connect groups. There's a board over there with, with connect groups, and we've got everything from um, crafty girls doing crochet to uh, I think there's a fishing group starting up. But there's one um, criteria. We do need to come and meet together because of Jesus. Where two or more agree uh, to come together, it says, because of Jesus. He's there. So it's not like oh, I'm just going to have a coffee with you and this is a connect group. No, you've actually got to, Jesus has got to be involved. Um, but we're excited about connect groups because connection is important. Um, we would love to have more connect groups. I know there's quite a community of, of renewed church people out at Ruakaka now. Um, so if you want to open up your house, we'll give you all the training for facilitation. We'll give you video courses, everything. We just need people to say yes. Um, not thinking about anyone right now. So, <laughs> connect. Number two, give or help others. Again, looking at the website and looking at one of the first bullet points and how can we help others. This is what the Mental Health uh, New Zealand says. Do something nice for a friend or a stranger. Smile, thank someone, and volunteer your 
time. Volunteer your time. Help someone else. Get outside of yourself. Why is anxiety and depression so destructive? And I've struggled with this in my own life because it causes us to be focused on us. On, on the inside, being self-focused and becoming insular. And, and as a byproduct, we isolate ourselves as a safety mechanism. But what the mental health sector understands now, it says, well, if you want to be healthy in your mind, go and find someone and help that person. Give to them. There's, um, I know I've shared this before, but Carl, Dr. Carl Menninger, um, one of the world's best known psychologists, um, at, a, at a lecture he was giving um, about mental health, they asked him, what's the number one thing um, we should do if we're, we're struggling with, with me mental health? And they're expecting him to say, well, go get some medication or go get some help straight away. This is what he said. Leave your house, lock your door, go find someone who needs some help and help them. The number one advice in one of the world's most famous, renowned uh, psycho psychologists Go and find someone who needs some help and help them. Isn't that incredible? Romans 12 verse 4 onwards. In the human body there are many parts and organs, each with a unique function. And so it is in the body of Christ. See, the church is a living thing. For though we are many, we have all been mingled into one body in Christ. This means that we are all vitally joined to one another with each contributing to the others. Church means contribution, helping others. God's marvelous grace imparts to each one of us varying gifts. So if God has given you the grace gift of prophecy, activate your gift by using the proportion of faith you have to prophesy. If your grace gift is serving, then thrive in serving others well. If you have the grace gift of teaching, then be actively teaching and training others. If you have the grace gift of encouragement, then use it often to encourage others. If you have the grace gift of giving to meet the needs of others, then may you prosper in your generosity without any fanfare. If you have the gift of leadership, be passionate about your leadership. Amen. And if you have the gift of showing compassion, then flourish in your cheerful display of compassion, helping others. God has gifted us, not so that we can think that we're awesome, and we all are, by the way. God has gifted all of us so that we can be a gift to help other people. So this truth has been around for a long, long time in Jesus, and the world's just cottoning onto it. There may be a reason why we're feeling really low and deflated and we're struggling. You've got to ask yourself, am I actually serving others? Am I giving to others? Because there is a definite um, relation between those. Connect, give, be aware. And um, again, on the website, one of the first bullet points under this is, be aware of the world around you and what you are feeling. And so this, obviously, we live in a humanistic world where God's not really even thought about um, in, in what they do. So I'd like to tweak this a little bit. It says, be aware of the world around you and what you are feeling. It should read, be aware of the world around you and what God is feeling. How does God feel about the person that's struggling uh, 
your workmate or how is God feeling about this situation? Are we truly uh, understanding the heart of God and how his heart breaks for the brokenness in this world? Are we truly being led by the Holy Spirit? So, so to truly be led by someone, say if Christy was up on stage, I would take her hand and I would lead her. Now she could pull her hand out of my hand if she, she wanted to, but if she was truly being led, she would um, surrender to my leading and I would lead her around. That's what being led means. Are we as Christians truly being led by the Holy Spirit? Because that's a big deal. In Luke 4.1 it says, Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness, John 16, 13. This is just a few verses, uh, by the way. When the Spirit of truth comes, He will guide you or lead you into all truth. Romans 8, 14. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. Galatians 5, 18. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. Are we aware of the Holy Spirit and what He's saying and how He's guiding us? You know, we really like being led by the Holy Spirit, maybe in this area of our lives. Say, church on a Sunday, I'm really happy with being led by the Spirit then. But what about the rest of my life? What about when I'm talking or my conversations or what I'm watching or what I'm listening to and how I'm behaving over here? Sometimes, as Christians, we like to prefer, well, Holy Spirit, you can just stay over there because I know what you'd probably think about this thing over here. So I don't really want you to be a part of my life here, but definitely you can be over here. Being led by the Holy Spirit, being aware of, of what He's saying and how He's leading and how He's guiding us. I'm going to be sharing it um, when I start my sermon series on the Holy Spirit, but there's an incredible man of God. He's, he's dead now, A.W. Tozer. He said, would we really notice if the Holy Spirit was taken from our lives and from the church? And he said maybe 95% of churches would just continue on, not even realizing that God's gone. Number one, connect. Number two, give or help others. Number three, be aware. Number four, keep learning or keep growing. In the, the mentalhealth.org.nz site, it says, try something new, sign up for that course, take on a different responsibility. So let's just have a look at the bullet points on the secular website about wellness so far. Become involved in groups. Volunteer your time. Take on a different responsibility. Now, normally at church, the preacher comes and says, this is what we need to do. This is how we're going to change the world. We need to connect. We need to get involved in groups. We need to take, take on responsibility. And everyone gets offended at the pastor. It's like, I'm not going to that church. They just tell me to do stuff all the time. And yet we're seeing it's actually uh, the secular world, as far as mental health, understands that to be well, this is a big deal. Maybe they get paid a lot of money for it. Number four, keep learning, keep growing. Looking at the life of the disciples, they never plateaued in growing in God. They never plateaued in their learning. Let's have a look at their life. They were ordinary, uneducated, average men. And then they were invited to follow Jesus. They said yes. Then they learned what Jesus did. They, they helped him out. They assisted Jesus when Jesus was ministering to the crowds and, and healing the sick. Then Jesus sent them out. So they started not just learning and, and watching what Jesus did. They started to demonstrate what Jesus did. 
And, and then Jesus died and, and, and rose again and, and, and gave the church the Holy Spirit. So all of a sudden now they're not just learning or demonstrating, they are leading and teaching others how to follow Jesus, how to demonstrate Jesus' love. So they never plateaued. The life of this disciple, it's not plateauing. Now we should be looking back over our lives and, and if, if we could see us in teenage years or 20s, 30s, 40s, have we grown? Have we changed? That was one of the questions that uh, was asked of us last week and I never had time to, to share it. Simon, what would you uh, say to your, you know, yourself 10 years ago? Now, if I could say something to teenage Simon, it would be pretty much this. Stop being an egg. <laughs> and in my 20s, it's this, if I could talk to that Simon and give him one piece of advice, it's like, Simon, passion for God is good, but stop being so religious. Stop being so legalistic. If I could talk to the 30-year-old Simon, it'd be, Simon, it's going to be tough. You need to stay close to me. It's only the only way you're going to survive. If I could speak to the 40, early 40s Simon, it's, Simon, just learn to be yourself and relax in how God's made you. See, we should be looking back over our lives and we should, have, we should be growing. We should never plateau. Disciples don't plateau. We, we're, we're serious about this and I'm excited about starting up a Sunday night. We, I don't know if we're going to call it a Bible college or what, but, but just to get us in a place where we can learn about God and learn about His Word and not just to, to get knowledge. Now I could talk about how Moses' basket was made and all the components of that. That's not going to change our lives. <laughs> so, so often people get caught up in knowing a whole lot of stuff about the Bible, but we're really committed to actually learning about God in a way that will change our lives, that we can apply to our lives, and then it will change other people's lives. So a really practical way. So that's going to be happening in term two, so uh, stay tuned. We're going to be sharing a little bit more about that as we go along. Connect, help others, be aware, keep growing, and lastly, get involved or be active. You know, every one of us is a part of the disciple-making process on a Sunday. And the Bible says, go and make disciples, and every person that's on a service team here you really are part of the disciple making process because we have a lot of people that come and they're visiting um, they, they don't really know anything about God but God is drawing them in here and that they, they're searching and they're hungry we get people coming in and they are so broken and they are searching for the answers and we all play a small part in, in, in seeing that person uh, be saved and set free and become a disciple. That is so exciting and that is worth celebrating. And so often we get this, this wrong in our lives. It's like, oh man, I'm on that service team again. This, this, this month it's me. Why am I doing this? I wanted to sleep in this morning. This sucks. Someone else should do it. I just won't turn up this morning. We're a part of the disciple-making process. What is more exciting in this world than seeing someone give their lives to Jesus and a soul that was lost to hell is now going to heaven and is alive forever? That is so exciting. Get involved. I was talking to my staff this week and it's quite, you know, I know probably none of you would read about this because you're not a pastor, but um, visitors and newcomers and and, and first impressions. 
And the research is pretty clear that, that most visitors to church or newcomers to church, they will make up their mind whether they're going to stay at church and keep going or not within the first 10 minutes of church. So before the worship starts, before the MC comes up and says, you know, welcome to church, and uh, before I start preaching or anyone starts preaching, consciously or subconsciously, most people have made up their mind whether they're going to come to church or not or stay coming to church, which means that the car park team and the greeters team um, are the most important ministers in church. Isn't that exciting? For those of you that are on the car park team, you should be, wow, this is, a, you are, because you're the first, uh, first people that people see. Uh, are people seeing Jesus in your life? And uh, we need a lot of people on the car park team. We need a lot more volunteers. And if it's okay for mentalhealth.org.nz to encourage people to get involved and volunteer their time, it's okay for me too. <laughs> get involved, volunteer your time, be a part of the disciple-making process. I'm excited. Is anyone excited about that? Actually, there's another interesting statistic. that They say that being involved in a service team is, is just as beneficial to a person's life than going to a home group. That's amazing. Um, so there's a lot of Connect cards around. and um, Why don't we just get it all out now and you can just like fill out and no idea. <laughs> No. Anyway. So with this, this incredible insight now that the world's got about mental health, and they've boiled it down to five keys, which is connect, help others, keep growing, uh, be aware, and get involved. A healthy church is made up of people who understand connection, who help others, who are growing in God, uh, aware of the Holy Spirit, and get involved. So that's what we're going to be focusing on this year, and we're going to be doing some new stuff, and that's great, but let's focus on health rather than growth. Why? Because healthy churches will grow naturally in God's time. So whether a healthy church is, is a huge church or a small church, or whether it's in the city or whether it's rural, if it's healthy, if it's uh, understand and, and doing well in these things, connection, helping others, growing in God, being aware of the Holy Spirit and getting involved, I, I'm certain I could guarantee um, I would go all in on this, these, these truths. Number one, <laughs> that God would love that church that it would touch the heart of God. Number two, that that church would be making a big impact. And number three, that people would be wanting to be a part of that church. So in a nutshell, that's my vision cast for 2021. Connection, helping others, growing in God, being aware of the Holy Spirit or being led by the Holy Spirit and getting involved. Just in conclusion now, there's a verse that says, What does it profit a man if he gains the whole world but loses his soul? And it goes on, what is worth more than a person's soul? See, our soul is, there's no price on a person's soul. It's, it's worth more than the whole world. Why? Because our souls are eternal. So the world is big on this now, and, and rightly so, because mental health is a big deal. Um, being well and being healthy but at the end of the day, 
how healthy is our soul? Is our soul set free? Is our soul saved? That's the most important thing right now. If you had a look at your soul, is it well with your soul? There's a, a hymn writer back in the 1800s. His name was Horatio Spafford. And um, a few years previous to this, uh, it was the great fire of Chicago. His four-year-old son, I think, um, died in that fire. And he was a lawyer. His whole business was ruined in that fire. Then he, I don't know if he got saved after that or before that, uh, but then he started helping out D.L. Moody, I think it was, in his crusades. Um, his wife and his two daughters were on a ship sailing somewhere, and that ship sank. And his wife sent the, the telegram back to him, saved alone. Their two daughters had drowned. So this guy had an incredibly hard life. And yet, in that time of grieving, he wrote an incredible hymn. And it's still an anointed, powerful hymn. It is well with my soul. This, this is some of the lyrics. And um, I, I've, I've used some modern language in place of the old English. When peace like a river attends my soul, or when sorrows like sea billows roll, whatever my lot, you have taught me to know, it is well, it is well with my soul. Though Satan should buffet, though trials should come, let this blessed assurance control that Christ has regarded my helpless state, estate and has shed his own blood for my soul. My sin, oh, the bliss of this glorious thought, my sin, not in part, but the whole, is nailed to the cross, and I bear it no more. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord, oh, my soul. It is well with my soul. It is well, it is well with my soul. The one fact is, is so clear that only Jesus can bring true wellness to our soul. Only Jesus. Why? Because only Jesus died for our sins and our shame. No one else. No organization. No research. No psychologist. Jesus came so that we could have our souls saved and set free and healed. Is our soul healed this morning? Interesting thing about the word healthy, the first four letters spell heal. Jesus can heal us. Psalm 146, some of the verses there, it says, the Lord frees the prisoners. The Lord opens the eyes of the blind. The Lord lifts up those who are weighed down. Then it goes on the next chapter. He heals the brokenhearted and bandages their wounds. In another Bible translation, it says he heals every shattered heart. And in the New Testament, in Luke chapter 4, this is what Jesus said. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. And he has anointed me to be hope for the poor, healing for the brokenhearted, and new eyes for the blind, and to preach to prisoners, you are set free. And we can be well in the world's eyes and we can have everything. We can look like we've got it all together, but how is our soul? Now, is there sin in our lives that hasn't been forgiven? A sin is anything that we've done that we know that God wouldn't be happy with. It's hurt ourselves, it's hurt God, it's hurt others. 
And, and, and if we die without God's forgiveness in our lives, we are going to be conscious forever. The, the crucial question is, where are we going to spend eternity? We're not going to be able to spend eternity with God if, if we have sin in our lives. It's eternal separation. It's called hell. It's a place that no one wants to be. And God knew this, and He knew that there was only one way that mankind, that you and I could be restored to Him, is that if someone who was perfect and sinless would pay the price for me and pay the price for you. And His name was Jesus. He sent His Son to die on the cross, to take all of my sin, to take all of your sin upon Him. The punishment has been paid. Jesus said, it is finished. He's not on the cross anymore. He rose again, broke the curse. He's done it. And He's offering us His life and His forgiveness free. All we need to say is, yes, Jesus, I need forgiveness. I want You to be my Saviour. Thanks so much for listening. We hope it was an encouragement to you. To contact us or to find out what's happening at our church, please check out our website, renewchurch.nz.